Attention campers, lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's mm, damn it. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we decide if a film has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. My name is Paris Herbert-Taylor, and with me at uh, this very special camp that has go-karting this summer is David William Rogers. Hello to you, my fine friend. How are we feeling, everybody? (laughs) Are we ready to podcast? (laughs) I'm so ready. I did bring um, some things taped to my stomach, and they might melt in the bus, and you might have to lick them off. David, what yes. are we doing today? What film are we discussing? The film we are discussing is Heavyweights, 1995, directed by Stephen Brill. And the writing credits go to Stephen Brill and Judd Apatow. Apatow. Yeah. We love that. We do a lot of Apatow movies on we this do. podcast because he's uh, he's involved with a lot of movies. that are hands and everything. A lot of hands. In he's a been cookie around. jar, mm-hmm. if you will. Cookie jaw. <laughs> um, we do have a guest joining us today. His name is Mikey Dargatis. I said it right. Got didn't it. I? He sure did. Got Fuck it. yeah. He's here. <laughs> but before we talk to Mikey, let's talk about this film. David, I think it's my turn to do it the is. synopsis. So synopsis. I'll just. Just do it real quick. This is a movie about a fat camp, about a kid who's a little bit chubby, and his parents decide he's going to go to fat camp. And it's going to be great. And he gets there and he realizes that this isn't actually like a bad fat camp. Everybody has fun. It's all cool. The council are great until dun, 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 the first night when they realize the original owners are selling the camp. They've gone bankrupt. In walks Ben Stiller's character, a psychopathic dodgeball mixed Zoolander. I feel like I saw a lot of characters that Ben was doing in other movies. He's a crazy person. He's like trying to get them into shape. Bad shit goes down. The whole way through this movie, you never feel like they're really making fun of the fat kids, which is nice. Um, and it's all about friendship and accepting who you are. And we get to the end and it's like, great summer, guys. <laughs> and that's it. It's a great movie. It's on Disney Plus if you are in the US. Um, but someone who does not need to go to fat camp, but is sitting opposite me wearing a Perkis Power shirt. I don't know if I you can to. see that, David. <laughs> I do. I like that. <laughs> is... Our friend Mikey. Mikey, you're an actor and a friend, a basketballer, <laughs> someone from the East Coast. Yeah. Before we jump into this podcast, will you tell us a little bit about your career and, and who you are? Sure. Thanks for having me. I've been wanting to come on forever. Yes. So, you know, finally you here. Are. I'm pumped. Uh, I've got come from Scranton, Pennsylvania, originally. Which uh, is home where of the, the office, office. Is yep, based, as, uh, yes. Every single person in L.A. Uh, tells me. Okay. Um we, yes. really do, we really don't know a whole lot about Scranton, Pennsylvania, apart from that, to be better. Yeah, I mean, and Joe Biden. That's and about Byron. It. We yeah. love Joe Byron. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I moved to L.A. about four years ago. I got my start in Pittsburgh prior to that. I The first thing I ever did was they were shooting a show on A&E. It was called Those Who Kill. Uh, and it was shooting in the city. And I was working for my best friend's uh, mom at the time. Uh, and there was a casting call for featured extras and I had no interest in acting at the time. And, uh, they, they forced me, Linda and Colleen, shout out to them. Uh, they kind of pushed me in that, in that direction and they, uh, submitted me for the role of wow. the waiter on the show. Okay. And, uh, I got it and, you know, I didn't know what to expect, got on set and I just fell in love with, you know, just the whole process and seeing them act and, and, uh, Chloe Sevigny was in the show. So I got to see her. And then I'm on the show holding the the uh, trays with all the glasses, and mid take, like the second take, I'm ever on set. I smash all the glasses. So they have to <laughs> they have to stop, you know, the whole take. Oh my god! Uh, so that was my first experience. But ever since then, you know, I kind of um, went, you know, all in, and now we're here. Now you're in LA. So is that what prompted you to move to LA? You're like, I'm gonna chase this dream. Uh, in a way, yeah. I, I uh, from there, I went on to do like local commercials. Um, I had my first speaking role was on um, Investigation Discovery, a show called Who Killed Jane Doe. Mm. Uh, so I played a real guy. His name's Todd Matthews. So I got to, um, you know, it was like a true uh, true crime uh, uh, recreation, recreation. Recreation, excuse me. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like my first thing. And I was like, I really love this. I really want to just put everything into it. So then uh, 
decided to go all in. So here we are in L.A. Yeah. And recently you did get to film a scene with um, our good friend Devin Sawa. <laughs> we're not really friends with him, but we just we're fans of his work. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, the scene got cut. Uh, yes. Let's talk a little bit about that. So the life of an actor, it's not like you just get to get cast in something and that's it. It's a grind, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it's and it was a bummer. I was pretty bummed about it um, when I got the news. But who told you, by the way? Uh, the director, Edward Drake. Oh, uh, you he, know, he let me know. And oh, my God. Ed Drake? is Yeah. There? Oh, yeah. I know him. Yeah. The Aussie guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. I have to message him yeah. after this um, podcast record. So I got to go to Tifton, Georgia and film. And it was just incredible to, uh, you know, be be there with this, you know, big budget project and yeah. and, and film the, the fight choreography with Devin and uh, did my own stunts where he threw me over the counter. <laughs> uh, so it was awesome. You know, he's a really great guy and everyone was was really cool. To work. I didn't get to work with, work with Bruce Willis, unfortunately. Yeah. He had already wrapped, but... Um, we love Bruce. We shout out to Bruce because he is, you know, going through some yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. I stepped away from acting. Sending positivity to him totally, and his family. Totally, um, totally. Well, that's so cool. I mean, let's talk a little bit about the grind of being a, um, a wannabe actor or an actor in L.A. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you refer to yourself. If you're like, I am an actor. I find it really hard to say I'm a writer because I feel like I have You are a writer. I mean, I write, but like, you know, I, I don't know at what point you go like, this is me. And I think, David, we've talked about this and like just having to step into that confidence and that power and say like I am the thing that I say but let's talk about the daily grind so mm-hmm. like what does it look like for an actor who's you know m- trying to make it and, and yeah well you know. first I think important thing is to just own it you know because yeah. you're here and you're doing it you you have to say I'm an actor I'm a mm-hmm. writer I mean David you know I think that's part of it you just got to own it you know and and you're not you're not here by accident so you just got to go all in and own the craft and and yeah, but, but the, the day to day of wanting to, you know, keep moving up in the ranks is, you know, it's hard. It could be it could be stressful. A lot of auditions, especially now, it's all self-tape mm-hmm. for the most part. Some in-person stuff's coming back. But, you know, it could be draining having to set up the, you know, the self-tape every day and film it and learn the lines and send it in. And then, you know, you don't know if you're going to get it. You're lucky to get a call back. Um, Screaming into the void a little bit. Yeah. And it can be kind of, you know, soul crushing because it's, you know, it takes a lot of energy to do that stuff. And, you know, you don't want to get excited because you understand how it works. But, um, you know, you can't help yourself sometimes. So there's a project you really want to work on. And um, but my agent and manager have been doing a pretty good job lately. So, you know, since I moved here to now, I've kind of gone up gradually and have had several agents and. Um, right now I'm pretty happy with my team and they're getting me in the right rooms finally. Yeah. So it's a good thing. And can you, you speak know. to that a little bit? Cause I've had a lot of friends, um, say like, yeah, my agent hasn't really done for much, much for me in the past, you know, year or two. So mm-hmm. how did you navigate jumping from one to the next? Did you have to sign like a contract and get out of that with them? Or was it just like, Hey, we're going to separate mutually. How did that work? I guess it depends on the agency. You know, a lot, a lot of them will make you sign a contract. You know, usually it's a year or something like that. Um, you know, and just be honest with them. If you've been with them for a certain amount of time, always just, you know, ask, you know, what what am, what am I doing wrong? What can I do more of to, to get more jobs? How do I get in the room? Uh, and can I see what you're submitting me for? Usually agents shouldn't have a problem just showing you, that, you know, this, 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 a list of, mm-hmm. you know, everything that they're submitting you for. And then... You know, give them a time frame. Say, you know, just be honest. I'm, you know, things aren't really working out. I appreciate everything you've done, but yeah, if they're not doing it for you, they work for you. And if it's not, you know, working, and you're communicating with each other, and you're still not getting those auditions, then you know, you got to move on. You know, time yeah, is valuable out here. You know, you got to. It's really not benefiting them either if uh, you know that relationship isn't working out. They can get exactly. Yeah. They only get paid if you get paid. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge is, and you know, I do have friends in representation and in different um, parts of the industry. And it's like, what if they have so many clients? You know, like I think that's that's an interesting thing when you're talking about finding reps is like finding people that fit what you're looking for as mm-hmm. well. Like you were saying, they do work for you, right? It's like it's not just oh my god, I got a manager, I got an agent. It's like this manager has enough time for me. This agent mm-hmm. doesn't have too many people exactly like me. Yeah, that's yeah, so definitely too. see who their roster is or on their roster and just ask them straight up. Like, would you submit me along with other people on your roster? If it's like a outstanding, yeah, I got a bunch of people that I'm going to submit, then maybe it's not yeah. the best idea <laughs> <laughs> to rock with them. No, 100%. Yeah, that's very important. But yeah, it's just, you know, it depends on, 
and in, in the size level too of like how many clients you know they have or if there's like obviously if you're up and coming you're not going to try and get signed by caa or, or yeah you know you want to start at a at one where they're going to get you opportunities that you realistically you can know, get, can, yeah. can get and like if the, I'm going up against Leonardo DiCaprio, as <laughs> as great of an actor as I think I am, I you know I doubt they pick me. Yeah, yeah, one day, but <laughs> one day. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like the flip side of that, uh, one of my acting coaches told us uh, one of the classes, like, hey, I stuck with my smaller kind of like mom and pop shop when the mm-hmm. bigger agency was knocking on the door. And he was like, if any of you have the opportunity, it's not personal. You got to jump because yeah. they can get you into bigger meetings into bigger casting directors, bigger projects. So it's not like you're being disloyal to the people who you kind of came up with a little bit. It's the next step in your career, right? To, yeah. to be able to get into those yeah. other rooms. I think there is something to be said for loyalty too, but like it's definitely by there a case is, by, but if, right? Yeah, if they yeah. can't get you to, if you're getting stagnant and starting to plateau mm-hmm. and a bigger agency is like, yeah, come with us. We can get you in this, this, I can get you in this meeting. You got to do it. Otherwise, because those people totally. might not have those connections and they might not think, have them for another five years or ever. For sure. Yeah. I think for sure though, it's like, you know, always go with your gut, like talk to your peers, right? Like try to, there is no right or wrong answer. There's no, you know, I fucked up. I changed agents. Now I'm fucked. Like this whole yeah. career is a journey. Whatever oh, yeah. level you're always learning and figuring it out. Different path. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. That's the fun of it. You it know is. I mean? There's no one way to do it. And you we hear always, all these stories. We, we always bring up this quote. I forget. We always forget who it was, but it was like, how do you make it in Hollywood? And this actress was like, you got to take Fountain. Because, like, there's no way to, like, how do, you, how do you make it in Hollywood? Yeah. Like, there's no right way. So yeah. it's like take out and, you know, like, it's just a stupid Hollywood joke. Because I love that. The big that streets in L.A. are, like, Sunset and Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah. And then Fountain's kind of this, like, middle street between them. That great street. Like. Yeah, it's a great yeah. little, it's a little inside baseball situation. But I wanted to ask you, Mike, and then I swear we'll get into the film. But, like, you know, since no one is really cracking the whip over your head in a creative pursuit, like writing or acting, how do you personally find the motivation to like keep putting yourself out there? Or like, do you have a target amount of auditions you want to hit each week? Like what are the benchmarks and motivations for you to keep going in this crazy business? I mean, I just love when I'm on set, it's the best day. It doesn't matter. I think there was a quote. I don't know if you have you seen the uh, the disaster artist. It's like, yes, uh, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what's funny is I've seen that movie, but I've never seen the original. Oh, you that the movies. To. We would have to do it on the podcast. The yeah. Room? The Room. The Room. Yeah. Oh, incredible. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I just remember when James Franco won an award for that movie and he tried to get on stage and yeah. take the microphone. Whoa, and he was like, whoa. no, but he was so used <laughs> to clearly dealing with him yeah. that it was just very gentle. Like, uh-huh. no, mm-hmm. you sit down. But yeah, sorry. Go on. You no. Sit. Yeah. The quote in the movie, it was, uh, you know, now they're doing that that film and it's so low budget everyone's miserable and uh this woman says the worst day here is better than the best day anywhere else you yeah. know so it's i just i genuinely love being on set and acting totally. i mean mm-hmm. david i'm sure you can attest it's yeah, just there's nothing uh, like it you know i, what was, I mean i was out of uh class for a little bit and so i wasn't doing like seeing stuff, seeing partners, because I was uh, doing stuff for my reel mm-hmm. and just got back in it. And I'm doing the scene with a uh, really another talented actor in my class and just busting down that character and creating a whole backstory, you know, like who my father is, who this person is, why I don't, why I don't have a mother in this scenario. Yeah. And I just like pause for a second. And I'm like, I, I miss this so much. Just building up one character, you know, creating a whole world. And yeah. that's why I love one of the main things I love about acting. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I came to Los Angeles. I moved across the country. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to just go all in. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. just going to That's not on. David and I have had the same conversation. I mean, obviously, I moved from a little further away yeah. than the U.S., <laughs> but I'm not trying to, you know, I in theory could do some parts of my job from other parts of the world. But I loved what you said about, you know, the worst day on set. I feel that way about LA. Like my worst day in California is like someone's best day. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to check in and remind yourselves. Like we do get to live in a beautiful city, which has its problems, but (laughs) we're surrounded by people who are also pursuing like creative stuff. And like the random thing about LA that people don't understand is like, it's so small for how big it is. Mm -hmm. Everyone's fucking connected. Yeah. I've met so many people randomly that I know or work through or know people. It's it's crazy. There's how many people live here? 7 million in LA County. And it's spread out of shit, but it's like, 
you still find the connections between people, which is crazy. Sorry, I will crazy. say no, I travel a lot and I was thinking about just going to get food. I'm in another hotel room for work and <laughs> it, traffic was fucking crazy driving, you know, five minutes away to pick up food. So yeah. like every city has problems. Ton yeah. of different cities are getting are like bigger cities are have a ton of traffic. It's not just L.A. or New York. I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, for sure. I, you know, I just love L.A. I love the weather and people like I would have met both of you. You know, exactly. I, I didn't but jump I, to pursue my dream of acting. So. I think that's also why people like us become friends in a group. It's because like a lot of people come to L.A. and they shit on L.A. or people from outside. They don't get it. Maybe they've had a bad experience and nobody's saying that there's not bad shit that happens in this town like it's mm-hmm. a it can be a very narcissistic place like it is very hard to survive here no one is going to hand you the career that you want you have to struggle and bust ass every single day but i will say the people with the right attitude always end up finding each other always i swear mm-hmm. and, and you just gotta you know you say some people are egotistical or uh, narcissistic narcissistic that's yeah right. uh but I say, like, you just got to approach it with the positive attitude totally. and just try to do the right thing as much as you can. I've met, I've never met really anyone that would, like, you know, you hear about actors backstabbing other actors for roles. Like, I've never really met someone yeah. like that. I think there's backstabbing. I mean, I so think. How would you get in that role? How would you get in that position, though, as an actor? You know what I mean? Unless yeah. you were on the same roster, like, had the same manager, and you're like, hey, don't submit. Mike, well, just, well, just submit me. I, I think some I mean? people some people will think of LA like a pie or the industry like a pie where there's only certain amounts of pieces for you and for me. And like once that pie runs out, there's no more. But yeah. I think of this business like a water table where we all rise up at the same time. Like mm-hmm. I, if you guys told me you got cast on like a show that I would love to write for, I would not be jealous. I would be screaming. I'm the first person to be like, Oh my God, because I know it's a matter of time. Like when I look around at my peers and see people getting yeah. promoted to VP of like, whatever, like pick a company that's like doing cool shit. I, you know, I have this one writer friend named Saeed who we had on the podcast and he's the most joyous writer of my life. Like, so he and I both uh, interviewed for the Nickelodeon writers program in 2020. Mm -hmm. He got in, I did not. Our paths have gone in different directions for now, but I've kept writing. We've kept in touch. He reads my shit. I read his shit. And literally every time we talk, he's like, me today like you next and like that's the attitude you've mm-hmm. got to have the people yeah. that you surround yourself going, with yeah. mm-hmm. like Build that's each other up. but also yeah. it, in different different situations though like with acting it's not if it's your pie it's your pie you know what i mean mm-hmm. like mike and if i could go for the same same part I just wasn't right for it. It was his pie to begin with. So I can't be mad when I was like, no, that should have been my pie. No, it wasn't mine to begin with. You know what I mean? That's another thing too. Yeah. Like just look at it. You know, if, even if you get in the room, that's a win because you may not be right for this part, but if you did a good job, you came prepared, always be ready for that next opportunity you're going to have. They're going to bring you back and they're saying, maybe he's right for this. Yeah. And be like, Mm -hmm. oh, I liked what he did, but it's just this, this isn't a project. Yeah. 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 I mean, to pivot to this film, like you guys probably would have been right for the fat kid camp scenes unless you were. Oh, you didn't see me as a kid. Well, you know, no, same. There was one. There was one counselor that, that there's got one in counselor shape. Yeah. They were making fun of because he was like yeah. skinny. skinny. <laughs> yeah. But no, let's talk about it. Okay, so I had never seen this film before, which was very shocking. Right? I mean, it's weird. Like, don't you think, David? Like, there's films that I would have thought you would have definitely seen that you haven't. Then there's films that I like should have seen i don't yeah. know like i've never just... seen this okay so as a kid this was like such a big deal for me so okay. this, in my own little bubble like my grandmother had the vhs oh, that nice. big ass box you remember like the big boxes yep. and i would go and watch that and i just thought it was the best freaking thing i ever seen Aww. so it's like <laughs> since i was a kid and then to this day me and all my friends quote this we'll quote this movie yeah. just randomly like, it's a very quotable movie and i'm like honestly shocked that i haven't seen it because i feel like this is something i would have like eaten up. But at the same time, I noticed a lot of these actors were also in the Mighty Ducks, which mm-hmm. is a series I have never seen either. So wow. it's on Disney. I'm going to have to get yeah. stuck in. But did you both go to summer camp? Like that's a very American thing. No, did you go, I, David? I didn't even know of any summer camps. Okay. Like, well, did you wait, go? let me back up. I, I did basketball. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I've done like basketball camps. I mean, yeah. You know, you stay in a cabin and you know, you wake up and then you have the, 
to get counseling. That's probably for like a week or two. That's not like a whole. Summer. No, it was never. I've never done a whole summer. Like a sleepaway. No. Yeah, it was like a week. Yeah, mine was mine was just like a weekend, the overnight ones. Otherwise, it was just somewhere local where you went every day for like a month. But yeah, mm-hmm. this staying overnight somewhere. I know Paris, you've done the adult summer camp. Well, I did an adult summer camp as oh, a camper, that. which we should all go to. It's the one I went to. This is not a sponsored ad. It's called Camp No Counselors. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was like all you could drink, just like all the activities. I think it's in different ownership hands now which is probably just like in the movie right because the original one i went to was a complete shit show and like very dangerous i feel like also people were just (laughs) fucking everywhere like not gonna lie the slide the showers and like the counselor's job was literally to walk around and be like hey like no fucking. Yeah, no fucking. <laughs> but no, actually, also as an adult, my first job in Canada was as a camp. I did two years as a full time camp counselor, like oh. two summers. And then I continued to come back for years uh, as a weekender, they used to call them. You'd take up like the little, little kids that probably shouldn't have been going to camp. They're like five, <laughs> yeah. four and five. Didn't know how to wipe their own asses, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but the reason I ask is because I feel like this is such an American tradition, like summer. At a camp, maybe if you're rich, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Because so, I've seen like, like you've probably seen a bunch of these movies about mm-hmm. camps, people going off to camp, and I just I, I was never introduced to that. There's a mm-hmm. there's one that was open up in my hometown where my nephews went to, but it was like a day camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get, that was pretty expensive. My parents paid for like my nephews to go, but never did I know of a go stay away and we i'm from wisconsin tunnel lakes right mm-hmm. good place uh, for a camp yeah. exactly and i just never knew about them uh but i'd always see them in movies and i'd be like oh that looks awesome especially movies <laughs> like this because there's always the big event at the end yeah. where yeah. you go up against another camp <laughs> yeah yeah right and, and there's gotta, dances and yeah. there's like go-ka. I see that's so funny to me because I thought this was such an American thing that was like baked into your DNA. And I don't think I really know any adults that were like, oh, yeah, I went every summer. I don't think I do either. The kids that I looked after and in outside of Toronto, they were definitely like so wealthy. Like this shit cannot be cheap these days. Whole summer room and board. And like to keep kids act like occupied these days. Like, I mean, the camp I worked at had like theater and you know water skiing and the blob type thing that's in this they had film. a blob yeah they had a blob wow. they, but every year he would have to up the ante because kids would get bored like i remember <laughs> yeah. we did like a sort of like a music festival with like flashing lights Calvin and Harris stuff showed up yeah they had a mac lab where you could go and like make stuff to print out on shirts like this is kids this is, this is like 10 years ago imagine what kids what? are doing now they're did probably you, building fucking apps and shit did you guys have like park and rec that's what we had that was like is by that a, like by your local like middle school or elementary school and all the neighborhood kids your parents would sign you up for park and rec and there was counselors like two maybe three at the most and you'd go like three to four days a week for a few hours and it was like activities you know like they blow like somebody brings a big ball or some shit like that and all the kids jump on it so every day there was something different and like you could pick which day you'd all oh, like this event's going on at park and rec so you'd walk down like at the end we did like a concert um or like a parade you know i was maggie simpson when i was super little <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like we had that but all of it was local and none of it was overnight I mean, I, okay, so also, in case you didn't know, Australian summers are at the end of the year. So, like, Christmas kind of, like, fucks shit up, right? Oh, that's right. Because, like, you can't be away from your family for Christmas. So, I mean, I definitely feel like I went similar to what you guys did, like, tennis camp or, like, skiing camp. Funny story, because my brother is our biggest fan on on the podcast, so I know he'll listen to this. Shout out to your brother. Kipling, (laughs) we've got to have him on very, very soon, because that will be hilarious. But, um... I was always the really like athletic one out of the two of us, but my brother was only two years younger. So he always used to get forced to come along to things. And, you know, I was also very outgoing. So I think he got a lot of like, oh, you're Paris's brother. And he probably was like, I'm my own fucking person, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> trying to develop in the world. Also, he was more into like computers. He was, he's, a, and to this day is very much like a curious person who will like figure shit out, like, you know, he could fix your toaster, but I will never forget. My parents sent us to this very expensive ski camp. And like, by the way, my family are not skiers. I feel like that is a white people sport that we are not a part of. Okay. And my brother like kind of fell or something like early into this camp. And just like, I remember he had to get like lift 
like ski lifted oh, down, no. like with his arm all wrapped up. And he was actually stoked because it meant the skiing part was done and he just got to drink all the hot That's chocolates. how much he hated skiing. He really, wasn't a, he really wasn't a fan of it. Um, I don't know, Kipling, if you're listening to this, you'll have to recount the story because I'm sure I have a very different memory where I was like, stop embarrassing me. I'm my friends. And he was probably like, I broke my arm. He's getting like flighted out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. So back to the film. So... Watching this, did it make you want to go to camp? Obviously not like that kid camp, but oh. did it? Did you get like a little nostalgic for like those yeah. long summers or that? This just the been... opening of the film where it was like just the whole 90s vibe. It just brought me yeah. back to like when you're a little kid and you're like ready to the last day of school. Yeah. Obviously not like everyone doesn't throw papers up in the air. I don't know about you guys, but like no. it just brought me back to that day, like the last day. Everyone's so excited to go and do whatever and. Oh, I was just the yeah. whole summer's ahead of you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah the '90s stuff is definitely nostalgic. The mullets, mm-hmm. the kids, the fashion was just so the fashion. 90s. But like, I, it definitely, yeah. I mean, as an adult, like all three of us are trying to live our dreams and work our day jobs. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like just that like freedom where he was like, oh, I have to go like. I fucking if I got sent to a fat camp, I would be so happy. All I have to do is work out and like hang out with my friends. Yeah, Great. But they, they let's okay, let's get into it. So let's get into they, it, David. They, they did it, they marketed this thing horribly, right? Off the bat, they're sitting down and it looks fun, looks fun. Oh, there's the blob. Go karts, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then, it, and then the, the the screen like pulls away, and it's all these chubby kids, and it's like, come, come to camp to get in shape or whatever. Camp and Hope, camp it's called Camp Hope. Yeah, and he's like, man, <laughs> fuck that, I ain't going to a fat camp. Like you were doing so well up to that point, just get the kid on the bus, right, and be like, hey, or just put in a little snippet, like, yeah, we're gonna be active every day. That's uh, some, wow. Some That's along smart. those lines to get. Not just like these kids are smart, right? So I, I, I was like, yeah, that's that's bad salesmanship to put that at the end of it. And then the second part, you get there, and yeah, all these kids got all these snacks. How is this place staying in business if they're sending <laughs> if they're sending the kids home? They're coming back fatter every year, fatter every year, or or the same way. It's like, what's going? You know. I think it might be something with the, you know, the parents just, they must be doing something where to just, you know, they send them all happy. over the summer. Yeah. yeah. yeah Have I mean, fun. Get out they, of here. You know, okay. So Keenan Thompson is in this, a very young Keenan Thompson, oh, he was which incredible. is so great. He was incredible. Yeah. He sees this miserable, this kid is like the opening scene. He like gets home. He's like, I'm not going. And the next scene is him on a plane. He like, yeah, that, lost that, that battle. Yeah. And then Keenan comes up and he's like telling him it's actually so fun. Like, you know how you're the fattest kid in school and you get teased and it's like, well, guess what? Like there is no fattest kid. And it's like right from the jump, this film is like more about acceptance Mm -hmm. and more about friendship and camaraderie. Like I was a bit worried, to be honest, Like the name of the film. (laughs) okay, first of all. And then also just like the concept. I'm like, oh, my God, are we really going to fat shame little kids mm-hmm. but i think it goes so much more beyond that i so, was surprised revisiting it. Yeah. yeah maybe the pa- david maybe the parents like saw that their kids came back and were like you know had friendships and like okay maybe they lost like two pounds but yeah it's still hanging out if you yeah if you wanted to send them to like military camp like, that's, a, <laughs> well, that's, that's a little different i think there's there should have been a little bit of that in there you know what okay. i mean like let's get up, let's get up every morning and go for just a little jog before we have some fun or something like that i don't yeah. know because if that's your if that's the goal of this camp i think they could have set some more things up had some more sports than just baseball you know like play soccer that's a lot of cardio yeah and fun basketball Basketball. you guys guys play basketball together put a a little league (laughs) together so you can do you can make becoming healthy fun for kids but But it was the 90s like it was the 90s when i saw the blob as a kid i always thought that was cool as hell yeah and i never had anything like that i would (laughs) have went just for the blob yeah Okay, so let's talk about it. So the turn in the film. So first of all, Ben Stiller's actual parents are... You can, by the way, open that on on a microphone. You just have to say that it's Booty Sweat. Booty Sweat. Al Pacino. <laughs> Isn't that his name in the movie? Are we talking about... Al, yeah, Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so Ben Stiller's real parents play the original owners of the camp, which is super cute. I love yeah. that Ben always puts his dad in everything. Like, yeah. he's in Zoolander. He's in... Uh, yeah. Jerry Stiller. Jerry Stiller. Did he pass? I think, did he? Aww. I think he passed. Yeah. I think you're right. I forgot. R. I. I was like, legend. Oh, he's great. But okay. So you have these original camp owners. They go and in comes Ben Stiller's character, whose name I can't remember right this second. Oh, Tony Perkins, Tony. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> it's like right across from me. Um, 
what is your first impression of Tony Perkis, Mike? Oh, as a kid or? Well, as a kid, that's curious. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I just thought he was, you couldn't take your eyes off him. I thought he was great. And now that I'm older and you see him kind of, you look back at that character and then you look at Ben Stiller's work. I think you mentioned this. Yeah. It's just like, it, he's like taken so much from just this one character yes. and put it into so many different ones. Dodgeball. Like dodgeball. Oh. Yeah, I even felt like, uh, yeah, Tropic mm-hmm. Thunder. I was like, oh, he's doing a bit from... Yeah. But yeah. the character work for this, for Tony Perkis, is just fantastic. It's incredible. So good. Yeah, he's like, that end scene when he's um, perched up <laughs> at the hall. <laughs> yeah. I forgot like, about it. Like, I forgot <laughs> that whole thing. I was dying yeah. watching it. And he like jumps down and he's like, oh, ah. <laughs> I I just loved I loved that he came into the camp and he's like I as an only child who was <laughs> tutored by private tutors my whole life I'm really excited to spend some time with children it's just sad because yeah. he's like clearly this like fucked up little yeah. guy and he's even talking about like how if he doesn't sell so basically he comes to the camp and his whole plan right is to make a fitness video for yeah. his children In- infomercials <laughs> infomercials I'm thinking yeah. about him yeah. and he's like basically saying right away that like if his you know workout video doesn't go well he's toast but also another level to this character is he's living under the shadow of his dad because he even says something like well if you're from the western pennsylvania yeah, area pennsylvania yeah. shadow right um, he's the lighting fixture he's the king. lighting I fixture king <laughs> and then all, we meet all the lights here are sponsored by yeah. tony perkins senior but, but we do meet tony perkins senior at the end and he's such a meanie like and you could kind of uh, mm-hmm. so i don't know as an adult i felt like this guy's just got no friends i think uh-huh. as a 90s villain he's perfect I think oh, he's he great. Per- for a kids movie i read an article yeah. that yes. framed it differently that okay. he he is just a misunderstood um like businessman <laughs> or like or sorry um like enthusiast of fitness that wants mm-hmm. to help these kids he just goes about it the wrong way sure right? so like this our whole article is pretty interesting because they painted him as not being the villain but uh-huh. um what's his name uh what's the, the main kids? guy's name the kid uh gerald kid. gardner yeah gerald um, who by yeah. the way did you guys look at his new picture he has become he's rich uh, yeah. fucking haughty see, i think tony put a little battery in his back <laughs> it works see gerald the, the you're article so hot. saying gerald was like the villain right because he was chosen by tony he's like i'm gonna pick you man i'm gonna turn your life around you're gonna go back fit and then they broke into his house <laughs> they put a they kidnapped him and put him behind an electrified fence yeah i forgot looking back on that that was pretty <laughs> yeah, gnarly that's fucked up. Yeah. yeah very fucked up yeah, so it was a pretty funny article i wrote that in my notes yeah yeah. <laughs> Mike came prepared yeah. with all his notes. Yeah, so him. I agree. I agree. I don't feel like the parents or the adults are as bad. I actually find Gerald's parents to be like kind of meaner. Oh him. yeah. You know, like at least this guy has their best interests at heart, even if there is like a selfish undertone. Mm-hmm. Um I also thought the German guy was hilarious. Oh, there's, great. there's just so many hilarious characters. Like mm-hmm. Um, the the hot nurse. Oh, I kind of rolled my eyes a little. Nurse bit. Julie. Nurse Julie. <laughs> She's super hot. She of course falls in love with the chubby counselor because yeah. it's a feel good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, just just such a silly. All the kids. Group like, of, even, I like, know. The that, kid got a back. smooch at the dance. That's uh, true. Yeah. He, yeah he, I'm <laughs> as a kid. I'm like, whoa, that's so cool. Like, you know, you watch. <laughs> He pulled the baddest, you know, the baddest yeah. girl at the yeah. dance. <laughs> well, we should set that up. So, yeah, so it is a camp. And so uh, Ben Stiller's character tries to, like, embarrass them and, like, organizes a dance with the girls' camp. And it's very, like, middle school where there are two sides of the hall. And then one of the teachers is like, I'm going to start this shit. And he, like, goes in and starts dancing. And then all the adults do it, uh-huh. which I feel like now the kids would be like, and I'm truly out of here. Like, these adults are dancing. I'm fucking gone. <laughs> but in the movie, it encourages all the kids mm-hmm. to come to the dance yeah. floor it's one very the, sweet one of the kids from the girls camp lauren hill mm-hmm. she is a babe mm-hmm. she was she was in um the girl next door she was mm-hmm. in oh. Bay, she was in baywatch entourage and she was in uh what's that bunny movie we do with Anna house, bunny. house bunny she was in the house bunny as a playmate 
She was okay. herself as one of the playmates. So, so a lot of people um, from this movie got really hot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, Tony Perk has Tony changed Perkis. a lot of lives. Tony per- the Tony Perkis method. Yeah. You know? But yeah, Keenan, I mean, he went on to have such a great career. Uh-huh. There was a scene, guys, I want to raise this to you because I had to pause it and rewind it and watch it again. Okay, so right when the, they got off... I think I know what this is. When they get off the plane and then they walk to the bus, that main kid, Gerald, looks two years older he's so much <laughs> taller his hair looks different did you guys notice I didn't that? See that i didn't did notice you... that i was way off holy from what I thought shit you were say. Yeah. no they the keenan as well looks like he had a growth spurt and this is the problem of making a movie with a bunch of kids yeah. like they just grow so erratically mm-hmm. like this could have been pickup shots you know like two months down the line and the difference i just noticed right away that this kid was I so that. much bigger yeah. scott and i rewound it and watched i think it. they shot the film in correct me if i'm wrong North david i know Carolina? you're the research guy yeah north carolina yeah yeah i i, I mean it looks lakes. Th- there's some great uh shots like when they're driving down the highway towards the camp you just see all the fast food yeah. signs and i don't think this was an intentional thing but i do think it's interesting like in our society there's such a like drive to be skinny and then you like come to america and there's like fucking temptations yeah. at is it not like that in australia i don't feel like it's as bad as this no we every don't highway have- in, in pennsylvania if you're driving through pennsylvania yeah. there's like Every McDonald's, exit, you'll have KFC. that. Yeah, yeah. Australia, like, also like the advertising in America too. Like, I've been at the gym, and it will be like a news program, and then the four commercials are like hot, juicy chocolate, <laughs> chicken, <laughs> Carl's Jr. Mm, yeah, dripping with sexiness and yummy. And then you're like, I need that. How can I fight this advertising? Which is also then like, do you want diet pills to make you shape? <laughs> you got a, a lot of mixed messaging. I am, yeah, yeah. So but what you gotta else? Cut the cord, Kim. Yeah. You gotta just go the subscription route. Yeah. Not what else was? What else was on your notes that you noticed about this film, Mister Mike? Um. Okay. So let's see. Uh, well, in terms of like controversial things that Whatever I never noticed, stuck out to you. Yeah. Uh, the dance. Okay, I never noticed this. The one girl, I'm sure, sure you know, she goes, um, "Oh, throw up after meals like you do." Yes. Oh, yeah, and I was girl. like, "Whoa, whoa!" And she's like probably 11. Yeah. And she I was, was like, about okay. to square off with that girl. Yeah. She was twice her size. Uh, I, I, I never noticed that as a kid. Yeah, that was confronting. Also, at the dance, when they all kind of borderline sexualized that girl that was walking towards them. It oh, was like yeah. very slow motion. Angelic like, the walking bathroom? towards them, yeah. like, And they all point. They did it really well. Like it wasn't too much, but I was like, ooh, creepy. But it's for <laughs> kids. But it's yeah. made by adults. So I'm looking that's at Lauren it through Hill. the eyes of my... That's Lauren Oh, Hill. okay, okay. Yeah. See, I look at it through the eyes of when I was a kid. Sure. Like I always see it through that. Sure, you know? but we're adults Which now, makes it magical. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, what else stuck out to you? Anything? I got no, one. I, I got okay, to say on my head. So again, we've talked about this in the past. Camps, kids dress it up as Native Americans. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, so, that stuck out to me too. Then, I was like, please no. And then they do that, and then since uh, Gerald's nickname's Captain, and then they're given like the salute <laughs> in like dressed up as, yeah. as with feathers. Yeah. I was just like, okay. I think that was so common in 90s oh, stuff, yeah. like oh, to be sure. like Indian things and, you know, mm-hmm. just appropriating. Like I mean, even in True Beverly Hills. and Indians yeah. growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah, True Beverly Hills, they did it. Adam's <laughs> family. Adam's family. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I, yeah, I so I noticed that too. But I also noticed, David, that there wasn't a whole lot of representation in the I film, which is that. a... Typical thing. Keenan and sorry to add on to this, Keenan. Oh my god, I can't even. In the beginning, when Ben Stiller comes in, he's like, who knows? I could be looking at the next president. This is a what rap- I thought you were gonna say. Yeah. A <laughs> they, they, a didn't, they didn't I know, yeah. they didn't scan over to him. I rewinded it. It was okay. a three shot. It was, it was, three a th- it was all three of them. And they but just I think that, they all but I looked think at each that other. was a wink to the it, audience it where was, it was like it was, but I'm glad they didn't just zoom straight in on him because I would have felt some type of way about it. <laughs> <laughs> they were definitely doing it as a joke, like they're yeah. clearly talking to him. Okay, and then <laughs> Okay, so remember Ben Stiller hugs him. Ben Stiller hugs him. And it's a sweet moment. And then he goes down to his ankle. (laughs) And of course, it's the black kid who's packing. And he opens up the Pez and chucks out the Pez's as if they're sort of like bullets. Bullets, And he like, I just felt like it was... A little bit of racial stereotyping. Oh, yeah. Now sure that I'm thinking is, about it, that for no, sure is racial stereotyping. Wait, just one second while I get my 
booty sweat that I got back in tonight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that definitely stuck out to me. And I All feel right. like it was a little nod to the audience here and there, but I was also like, are we playing into stereotypes? We might be a little. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I'd never <laughs> thought about that. Now that you mentioned And that. sorry to keep going. I felt like the one kid, uh, his name was, I had it right here. Uh, Josh hit the character's name was Josh Birnbaum the kid that gets kicked out <laughs> yeah. he's played by Sean Weiss yeah. who was also in Mighty Ducks 3 yeah. apparently Goldberg yep so he's kind of like the godfather right like I'm yeah. not wrong so he walks in and he's like hey the the new nurse is like really attractive mm-hmm. and he's like please <laughs> yeah. please yeah. Like, and he was the barber on the yeah. on the challenge with the shaving the balloons he's shaved yeah for like two years yeah. Yeah, even yeah, though he yeah. doesn't have any hair yeah and I so okay so that I was like okay so is he meant to be like the Italian mob boss kind of guy. I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of hinted at. There was some stereotypes. There was some okay, the, okay, the thing I noticed, Camp MVP, the rival camp that they, they you know, that's the the skinny, athletic, you know, the guys they aspire to be. They're, you know, arch nemesis on the mm-hmm. other side of the mm-hmm. water. What an absolute psychopath the, the, the head of that camp is. <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm looking back. He's like going with them in the, the boat to vandalize their yeah. other camp. He's like, he's with the kids on everything they're doing. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? As an adult, you're supposed to be like, let's not do that. But he's with them like spray painting yeah. their camp yeah. and like taking the motor off the boat. Yeah, because in the 90s movies, the bad guys are one side or the other. You know, like there's no there's yeah. no logic to it. But yeah. That's uh, David Bowie, not to be confused with <laughs> the, the other singer. David Bowie. But yeah. Copy them. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of actors. Jeffrey uh, Tambor was Gerald's father, and he's oh, in yeah. yeah yeah he's in Transparency right or Transparent. Um, yep. And he's, what's uh, I mean Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Yeah. Hellboy. Yeah. I think he was in Hellboy, right? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if he's in Hellboy, but then is it Paul? How do you Believe pronounce he- it? Paul Feig. Paul Feig is a yeah. director, right? Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He was, he was he's the, the skinny, skinny guy that they make fun of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he directed uh, Bridesmaids, The Heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done um, a lot of stuff. He's hilarious director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, really talented guy. Yeah, I mean, this is what's so funny about watching these movies and like what I think about when I apply it to my own life. Like these guys were all just coming up together, like him and Judd. Yeah. You know, like what was Judd in this film? I think he was in it. Was he? But I didn't see him. Well, we'll have to look I'm it back. I'm not sure. Into- well, he's he got a writing credit. I don't know if he was. Actually, I thought maybe he, he was. was in, I was looking at it? the fun facts. I don't could know have, if he puts. I don't know if he puts himself in everything. I don't know if he's one of those. Oh, he directors. was Homer. Homer says he's yeah. But I don't remember what that. Yeah, I don't remember Homer? the character. I believe you. But apparently, <laughs> on the on the facts, it said that one of his first dates with Leslie Mann. He like showed he like told her and showed, showed her, her this movie to try yeah. to impress her. Yeah, to impress her. Etiquette. <laughs> To uh, guys, there was one other thing when they first get to camp. When um, the one little British kid lifts up his shirt and mm. all of the candies like melted onto his chest, they all like attack him and lick yeah, him. Lick like, him, vampire. yeah. I was like, oh, that's a little, yeah. I don't know if you can do that anymore. <laughs> I, <wrote> that, <laughs> I forgot about that. Like as a yeah. kid, you know, you don't think it, but like, whoa, well, yeah, hey, bad touch. Yeah. <laughs> as kids, we're like, yeah, man, that's sugar. That yeah. gets to you. Got to get it. The things you do for the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, this movie was. There were some seriously sweet moments like there's this like golf cart moment so Mm -hmm. he takes all the batteries out of the golf carts and he's like the main guy Gerald is depressed and then the counselor comes and they have fun and you know the nurse sees and she's like "Mm, look the chocolate up that guy you know what Mm -hmm. I mean (laughs) but was there anything else that really stuck out to you I mean obviously not a lot of female characters the nurse was kind of objectified but I kind of was like you know I mean it was a boys camp yeah. movie. Yeah. So. so they kind of could get away with it. A little well, and also bit. at this point I was like, of course it's a love interest. Like I, I like wish it could have just been that she was a platonic friend. I'm more interested nowadays in like relationships that don't have to be just like, Oh, and then they fell in love, but it yeah. was cute. Well, Lars also has a moment. I wrote that down. Okay. He, he's tell like, us. he's at the, the dock and uh, he's like, no, it's Julie. And she comes over and he's like, I have a, <laughs> A nerve in my yeah. Back. I need a deep you come, tissue you massage. Yeah. So that was a little inappropriate. Yeah, he was. You know, I mean, he was a hilarious character. Like, yeah. oh, he was but bad. also the fact that we're making fun of like foreigners, like Germans. I'm like, okay, yeah. you're in America. Yeah, you had two funny accents. You know, the British kid and yeah, and we just made. They fun really of them. went into that. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I want to pick more shit that was like offensive in this movie, but. It's Judd Apatow. You know, he's pretty well known for like wholesome fare when it comes to these types of movies. But David, was there anything else that really stuck out to you? 
Uh, not that I can think of at the moment. Yeah, I mean, apart from the fact that it was set in a fat camp, you know. Yeah, there are some. I mean, obviously, when he's like, "Ooh, the fat man's gonna tell me," like he's like, <laughs> yeah. he really like throws some really fat insults. Yeah. yeah, or like on the plane when Keenan's like, "Is that your dad?" He's like, "Why would you think that?" He's like, "Cause he's fat and you're fat." Like, yeah. it's more of a statement of fact versus like, yeah. But it's yeah. done really well. Like, yeah. I, I, I was thinking, I haven't watched it in a while, and I was yeah. expecting it to kind of, you know, really be... Rattle the cage a yeah, little. Yeah, and it, and it the didn't. They did a good job with it, even for, for the time. I yeah. thought it was pretty well done. So I'm, these camps still exist. Uh, I was just curious. Yeah, we Ooh. don't call them fat camps. We call them weight loss camps for kids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost <laughs> worse. So different. Yeah. 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 Ages 7 to 17. <laughs> So yeah, I was just I was I had to see if these would were still you around. send your future child to a camp no. like this? No, and here's why. My a kid could have some kind of issue where it's hard for him or her to lose weight, right? Um, but I just feel like you know, as a family, we'll, we'll try to figure this out ourselves right. before I'd send them to like that support. That's kind of what I missed or would like to see. This movie doesn't exist if this happens, but like the dad could have been like, "All right, son, this this summer, me and you running every day, four times a week, we're gonna lift." Like some of those kids could have got jacked if they had like a a weight program, you know, at camp. So it's just you gotta you gotta find an inroad to your kid to like um, to make working out fun or Mm -hmm. make it a bonding experience, Mm -hmm. and then yeah, you know, maybe you Mike would cut snacks here and there. Would you send? No, I wouldn't send my kid. No, I, you know, you just got to spend more time and, and be active and do stuff. And when you're a kid, I mean, you know, everyone grows into themselves. And, yeah. you know, I don't. Yeah. It's hard to judge. I, you know, I wouldn't. Gonna... I mean, I also think that, like, we need to move away in society of, like, valuing people at their weight. You know, like, yeah, exactly. you guys know I work out four times a week. And. Uh, to be honest with you, like the scale very rarely changes, but then you like measure yourself, you know, like the way that you like what you were saying, your body is different. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I've, coming out, I think coming like, out of the pandemic. You're healthy. Right, you feel exactly. good. Right? You feel, you're you're healthy. Good. Like you, you have energy. Ca- when you get but a certain like age, when, you should get your blood work done. And when you send, but when you send a kid to a weightless camp or a fat loss or a fat camp, it's like telling them that you don't see them for the person. Like you could send your kid to a different camp. Like they have sports available. You know, kids run around more when they're out of home and they're not like attached to the TV, but like to send someone to a fat loss, a weight loss camp or a fat camp, like to me, that just like is already filling them with a stigma that is probably going to then like affect their mental health and yeah. carry yeah. on and actually make it harder in the future. Because it's like, this is yeah. who you are. You're right. just send them to a, a normal regular uh, camp, any other camp, that's, camp. Like you well, said, like, that's what I'm saying. That's got a, a specific goal attached to mm-hmm. it. Like, uh, all right, a coding camp mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck camp. Uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever the kid genuinely enjoys. Exactly. And like, and let, and let so kids be kids too. Fat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And let kids be kids. Like, have fun. Mm-hmm. If I could afford it, I would totally send my kids to summer camp because I, it's honestly something I wish I could have done. I feel like, yeah. yeah, I would have loved to go go karting and play sports and jump on the blob. And yeah, I think kids these days grow up way too fast. When I look at the middle yeah. schoolers, I'm like, you know it's how not to do us, your like eyeshadow? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I had I a bowl cut till I was like 18. They got this, uh, <laughs> they're all on their cell phones and they're exposed to all this stuff mm-hmm. constantly in real time. And it's like, you know, we all do it too as an adult. Yeah. You know, like sometimes I'm like, where's my phone? I'm like, why the fuck am I picking this thing up in the first yeah. place? Well, like, like we talk about it, David, like with people who don't appreciate like a movie because they cannot. I've started putting my phone in the bedroom when I watch a movie just mm-hmm. so like, because it's literally just you get bored for a second and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You don't need to. You don't need it. Uh, we were, uh, my girl and I were just talking about fi- like finding a weekend to go somewhere. No cell reception. Rent a house or just get, you know, get outside of a city and literally have our phones off for the weekend. Just tell, you know, tell people like, yeah, I'm going to be here. I'll check in, you know, yeah. two days. Yeah. It's good and to just, unplug and kind of, yeah. you know, get away from everything. Totally. Especially yeah. here. It's well, like you're constantly... Well, and that's one thing that, you know, has aged, obviously, just because of the time changing. But like these kids do not have the same exposure to technology that kids now do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we do have a obesity problem in America. But I think it's also because when I was a kid, my dad would be like, go to the park Mm -hmm. and come home. You know, it was like it wasn't like the way that our parents talk about themselves, where it was like, I came on when the streetlights came up. Like my parents 
could see me in the park, but it was like, you are not playing video games. Like you go, yeah, you're outside, you run around. Mm. And I think it was kind of like that for me. I mean, we, I lived in a, you know, small town neighborhood. My parents would say, you know, go out in the neighborhood, come back. And back then I feel like it was safer, Safer. you know, like everyone just assumed it was safe. You could do whatever. Yeah. And I feel like it's progressively getting worse. So like our parents said the same thing when they were kids, like, yeah, Yeah. we could go miles and not nobody care and we'd be fine. And Mm -hmm. then we're like, all right, we could go a few blocks up the street to your neighbor's house or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You could play in the backyard because I don't know what the fuck's going on in the world right now. Exactly. Like you can go in the other room, but make sure you (laughs) have the zoom link set up to me out here. I mean, that sucks, but it's true. But yeah, I, I do think kids, you know, I mean that that that's the only part of me that thinks about like moving out of LA is like I would love my kids to grow up in a place where they could climb trees or like mm-hmm. you know we had you know Scots from Oregon and I'm not saying I want to move to Oregon but I see the value in that type of lifestyle you know you 100%. both you both yeah. had it yeah living in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and Wisconsin. I loved it, it yeah. was amazing I had it in Australia in Hong Kong obviously it was a bit different but when we lived in Australia I remember like going to the beach and like you know my dad would just take us on walks and I don't know. I'm sure LA has that for, I mean, we go hiking, but yeah, for kids. But it's, the air is different. Every time I go somewhere, <laughs> it's like got a ton of trees. I'm like, I'm like, taste that. <laughs> taste how good that is. Some fresh H2O. <laughs> oh, wait, that's water. Never mind. <laughs> Oxygen. Part, part Delete of that. Part yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this was a great film. I suggest everybody go and watch it. It's very nostalgic. It's very sweet. Um, but before we decide whether or not this is age like milk and before we do a shout out, Mike, how can people connect with you if they want to find you on the Internet? Uh, so you can find me on the Internet on uh, the social media platforms. My uh, username is at Mike Degot, D-G-O-T. Um, and yeah, I try to stay active on there. I need yeah. to do a better job, but... Well, you know, you just uh, got to put your shit out there. So I know, I need to. It's, yeah, exactly. Do you have any advice for people who maybe are you four years ago before you really could see yourself moving out to L.A. and like going for it every day? Uh, my advice would be just to commit 100% to it and just go for it. If it's what you want to do, just go all in and mm-hmm. just pursue it with everything you have. And good things will happen. You have the right mindset. You work hard and... You always got to be prepared for that that opportunity when it comes because it will come if you keep putting yourself out there. You just got to be, you know, you got to be ready and you got to stay the course. And I know a lot of people, you know, they don't want to stick around. It takes a while to to make a mm-hmm. name for yourself out here. Sometimes it's quicker for others, but just yeah. stay the course and work hard and, and good things will happen. That's awesome. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. talked about this before, David, but one of our guests, Barry, um, who directed Baytown Outlaws, he was like, people would say to him, I'm going to give L.A. a year. And he would go, man, fucking keep your year. Like, it's going to take, you know, I, I've been here five and a half years and I feel like I'm starting to scratch the surface. Mm-hmm. David, you've been out here like four, a, bunch. a little over four. Yeah, it's, it's just insane. like it takes some people say it takes 10 years. And like what, that seems you can't put a time. You can't right. Put any you can't. Kind of time limit. Like what? Uh, like I used to think to myself, because okay, somebody was like take this boulder, carry it from fucking mid city all the way up to Runyon, you know, and we'll give you the next step in your career. Done. I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, what are you actually willing to do? And are you just going to give up after two years, three years, four years? Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm 60 and I break in, right with something I'm passionate about and I have like a 20 year man you could be the next Betty White roles. she had yeah. so many of her roles when she yeah, was older you know Samuel L. I mean? Jackson like, too he was late Jackson? yeah Morgan Freeman like doesn't it, it doesn't really matter so if you're passionate about something and nobody can tell you or dissuade you from going for something that's that that's the main advice I'll give you if anybody tells you anything go fuck yourself you know what I mean yeah. I still got I still got people close to me oh you're still doing that don't worry about me like I'm, I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> like I'm I'm happy, right? Mm-hmm. I got great relationships, and I'm doing what I want with my life. It doesn't worry about. Don't worry about anybody else. Mm-hmm. Whatever they say, if it's not positive or helping you move in the next step, fuck them. Just keep going. Keep your head down. Keep grinding. Keep working. Find the time. You know, read books. Make yourself a professional at whatever you're trying to do, mm-hmm. and and you're gonna get there. Yeah. And that's it. And stay true to yourself too. always, mm-hmm. you know, don't 
listen to the, like you said, don't listen to the outside noise. You know, if this is truly something you want to do, go for it. You know, life's short and it's too short to do something you hate for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. If you're not happy, change it. Mm-hmm. You know, you only, our time is finite on this, uh, just this spin, rock this flying rock. through earth. Exactly. Yeah. So just do what you want to do and, and what makes you happy. As long as you're treating everyone with respect and, you know, doing it the right way. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys, it's great advice. I mean, I think it is hard for people outside of LA to say, I think acting could be a real career, but you and I, all of us are here and we see it every single day. A guy that was in a play that I wrote a couple of years ago, I just saw him in that new show, Gaslight, Glass Gaslight. You know, he's yeah. got this big part and like this kid was doing, you know, community fucking theater a couple of years ago. Like yeah. it is a grind, but. Um, but yeah, you, you can just, start where you're at. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. start where you're, wherever you're at right now. You can start. You can it's never make, too late. You can make stuff. You can um, find a, a repertoire theater. You can, you know, there's there's ton of avenues for your creativity. Mm-hmm. And there are, and yeah, just if you believe in yourself, um, like Olivia said, you know, ninety nine percent of people might not make it, but that one percent, you know, if you truly have it in you and believe it can be you. I say, why not? I'll take those odds. That's me. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. What's stopping? Why not? Why not me? (laughs) Why not you? You got to be in it to win it. You got to show up. In the words of Michael Scott, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. (laughs) Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) Wayne Gretzky. Michael Scott. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about a shout out. Now, this film, like every film, takes a village. Uh, David, would you like to go first and kick us off with a little shouty shout out? I will. I just burped a little bit. I apologize. So okay. I'm going with Tom Jones again, okay. not the singer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is in the um, construction department. He was a construction coordinator on this film. And I don't know what how hands-on he was with some of these sets but like that big blob thing and that tower and then the golf or the go-kart track mm-hmm. and the bunks and all the cool stuff that as kids we would want to run around and play with um i'm pretty sure being a construction coordinator he had some parts in that he's got 60 credits in the art department wow um he's still working his last project was Our Kind of People, a TV series. He did Halloween Kills, The Last Halloween, a bunch of movies, Tammy. So, you know, he's, he's put his mark on the industry and went after his dream. So, Tom Jones Jr., we see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we appreciate you. you. What do you who do you have to okay, say? Okay, so I'm going to... What's up? Another Tom. Two Toms. Actually. Two Toms. Oh, two Toms. Two Times. <laughs> the two chains reference. Is that what that was? <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> um, so the actors who played Lars and Pat and, you know, having watched it again and going back, I just was blown away how great of a job they both did. And they brought so much um, emotion to this character. Even Lars, how he becomes, you know, kind of the good guy at the end. Yeah. He I just around. he was fantastic, he and was I just great. as a kid you don't appreciate that Mm-mm. stuff. Um, but Tom Hodges, who played Lars, and Tom McGowan, who played Pat, and I hadn't really seen them in a lot of stuff since since that film. But I just thought they did an amazing job. Yeah, and, both really funny, and, and yeah, I just thought they were great. It's kind of like yeah, I mean these like side characters are so great. David, we talked about it on the Willy Wonka podcast with the guy that played the teacher. Um, he was so funny. Like these guys had sort of not huge parts but like decent parts and they took it and they made it their own and they had super fun with it so mm-hmm. to the two toms we see you and we, we appreciate you, you. okay Who do you got, uh, i have let me scroll up to her name denise bailey i'm probably saying her name wrong but she was the second camera assistant on the second unit now for those that don't know the second unit usually does the less exciting stuff it's usually with the stunt doubles it's usually like b-roll it's B unit sort of means that the like A type people will not not be there. But it's a still a very important job. And that's you usually have two teams on a camera team because and two teams on like, you know, just B crew or whatever. Um, so that you can actually get the movie made in a reasonable time. So she has obviously grown since 1995. Her most recent credit was this year in 2022. She was B camera operator, which is a step up from assist, but she's also been DOP. She's been a camera operator on just like so many things like Zombieland, um, Miracle Workers. I love that show. Just 
I'm looking like the Hunger Games Mockingjay part two. She was a B camera operator on the VFX unit. Like wow. it's very like it's less common to see a woman in the camera department. It typically is a quite a male heavy um, area. So I love to see Denise doing all this shit. So, Denise, we see you and we appreciate she you. We appreciate you. And you said she's on B cam. Yeah. So that would usually mean so Guarantee a- she's stepping up to A. Sometime well, soon, if she wants soon. to. She, she well, she's been to. she's been B cam. It looks like for a while. But the good thing about being not on the A string is that you often get a lot of chances to like do more, like direct. A lot of second unit directors become. Uh, and sorry, I'm fucking this up. Second unit <laughs> is different than A cam and B cam. B cam can be on first unit, so mm-hmm. there's usually like a couple of ones. It's I don't know the hierarchy in the camera department, but sorry, second unit is what I was talking about, which she was on this film. And second unit is great. Like a lot of second unit directors um, become directors in their own right. So I think there's a lot to be said for both teams. But yes, I just got confused for a second. But yes, Denise, we see you and we appreciate you. And Denise, now, if you my want friends, to direct something that Paris call wrote David and Mike and <laughs> Mike and I'll act in. We'll do it for free. Yeah, yeah. David. David <laughs> we'll will do. figure out the scheduling. Uh, he'll <laughs> secretary for us all. But um, what do we think, guys? Aged like milk, stayed fresh. How are we feeling, David? You show us how it's done. Kick us off with this approximation. I'm gonna kick it like a soccer player. All right, I'm gonna say this movie aged like a chocolate milk that was snuck in and stored in a wood post of a bed at bed camp or uh, (laughs) at fat camp, taken out, right? Mixed up because it melted in the sun Mm -hmm. by the blob, thrown in Mm -hmm. some milk, and it still goes down nice and smooth because it was that good fine chocolate that that kid from the UK brought over. Mm -hmm. Love that. The guy that could be president, except that he's from England. (laughs) Is this this game like cricket? It's exactly like cricket, baseball. You you Americans don't know your history. Um, (laughs) So I I just felt that this was a feel-good movie. I watch this this morning actually uh very early this morning and it just set my tone for the day and i just came off it feeling good um it's good people right Uh, a couple little parts that i was like wait a minute my eyebrow was like half raised and i was about to (laughs) lean forward a little bit more but yeah uh mike good choice and thank you thank you this This movie holds a dear place to me yeah (laughs) Yeah. okay so then what do you think do you think now that you rewatched it as an adult like did it stay fresh or did it go bad in the mind fridge of your mind (laughs) so having rewatched i was a little worried there were a few things here and there where i was like "Eh, you know that's a little but i'd say it aged like um, a nice carton of almond milk, healthy, mm-hmm. you know, gets you going. But, and, you know, it lasts a while mm-hmm. and it stands the test of time because it has that. a longer expiration date yes. than regular milk. So right. it definitely aged Less well. Fat. Just kidding. And that too. <laughs> <laughs> so it aged well. Good. Okay. What All right. say you? I say it did age well. I am the same as you. I raised my brows, especially at the rapper thing, the... <laughs> people dressing up in native, you know, garb. And then, yeah, the, the comment about him packing the little black kid, I was like, okay, well, you know, but it was like, they did pull it back. So it's a milk that's maybe like on the verge of going bad, maybe, but still fresh now. Okay. But like keep checking yeah. the expiration. <laughs> so because... right now, folks, that's three of us. So that's yeah. utterly fresh. Oh my God. <laughs> that's three milks, baby. Wow. That's a Wisconsin <laughs> joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's all cheese humor in Wisconsin. Yeah. Dairy related. It's all dairy. He's got, he can go all day. He's got so many. Well, no, this was great. Mike, we super appreciate you having the time, taking the time to come on our podcast. Um, David and I are always grateful to have a friend because it feels like the combo just flows. And I'm also really glad that you introduced me to this movie because I need to go now and watch every single Ben Stiller movie there is and see if he took a character from this specific. <laughs> this is where it all started. This is it's like, the branch. Yeah. Yeah. He literally, <laughs> like, I need to re go watch um, that one, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty or oh, whatever. Yeah. Like, is there a part of that character that was in this film? Like, he's just, God, he's yeah. so good at faces and. The character holds a dear place. Like, in my okay, heart. Arrested Development. He was the magician. There's parts of Tony oh, uh, yeah. Perkis in there. 
Yeah. Because yeah. he was pretty young in this. So I think he, was, he probably I, he was very took, young in this. This was probably his original. He, like he went all in on this. He had a sketch show at some point in his career. Mm. I'm not sure if he did that before this or after this, but I mm. know he had, a, okay. he had a sketch show for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's you can tell like he's really good at crafting characters mm-hmm. like the Zoolander character is so unique. And then like the dodgeball character. But then you watch this and it's like, yeah, if he was just starting out, he might have been trying all the things, mm-hmm. you know, like the way Mike Myers did where he was like kind of, I don't know, coming. Well, did up you with, notice he played his his dad in this? Yes, that he played his him. own yeah. dad at the very end. Ooh, uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, one of the lawyers coming. We need one, one adult. He's like, I've been here 18 years. He's like. What have you been doing with your life? Yeah, that was a little harsh. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny though. I guess they uh he just they announced he's a producer on Dodgeball too, so that's coming. No. Yeah. Wow. It's on his IMDB, but um yeah, I'm trying to find his sketch show, but uh I, I well, thought he crushed this character. I would definitely sure. watch your Dodgeball too. Oh my sure. god. Yeah. That's what I was for Halloween. I mean, my yeah. fiance and I oh, were nice. uh were uh, White Goodman and Franz Stoyashkovich Gibrevachki. Yeah. <laughs> she retweeted us. And we retweeted oh my at her. God, yeah, that's that's awesome. so we went all out. Yeah. Uh, I saw it was show. the, it was, it's called the Ben Stiller show in okay. 1992. So, that okay. Was so this his, is uh, 1995. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I think, like, money wise, how did it do, David? Did you look I at that? I think it did not do well in the box office. Okay. No, but, it's a damn shame. You know these things; they go their separate ways, and they find their their. Yeah, they path. find their niche exactly. Um, I will say that I did love the runtime of this movie. David and I always complain movies are getting longer and longer. <laughs> so this one's like one thirty, right? One forty. It was quick. Did concise. you guys notice the secret scene at the very end? I didn't know this until <gasps> later on in my life. David, like I didn't know it as a kid. Okay, I so I that. had a feeling. So I was sitting there as Disney was like trying to get me to click on something else, and it was coming up but I was like no 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 and just as I was about to give up on it there was like Ben was like blah 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 and I was like ah and but I had already clicked like sure he has to go sure back. next and when I tried to go back it had gone all the way back to the beginning and I was like fuck this so I looked it up online but basically if you can stay to the very end of the credits Ben Stiller is like now a door-to-door salesman with like tchotchkes and like <laughs> crystals, crystals. Yeah. yeah and he's like do you want to i know what you're thinking like i'm not just your another crystal, crystal salesman yeah. no. what does he call them i have some health health equalizers health equalizers or something yes, like yeah. that he would, i never knew that until he would later. do really well in la let's be real. oh 100 yeah. oh he'd be crushing it right now but i just yeah. i do love these old movies where you had to like wait till the very end for this like one second like they started it for marvel it was yeah. tony perkett started the go. mcu <laughs> yeah. started the all of the MCU. they definitely owe him some kind of room check 100 yeah. percent. all right well thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for having me i haven't wanted to come on forever yeah, so we'll have you on again in the future uh david make sure we tell remind everybody where to follow mike can you say it one more time for us at mike dgot dgot and yeah we'll throw it in the in the comment section and, throw it in there follow me and the for notes, us follow please. us to age like milk email us but for now david you should just go ahead and check your fridge Make sure that milk is spoiled. Because Christmas is gross. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Bye.